What I came away with is mindset is the most important fundamental of everything we do. And that includes preparedness, but I think it includes life. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. Welcome, everyone. Want to say hello to my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Well, hello. I wanted to start off by telling a story um, from a prepper TV series. They're very rare. I actually forgot the name of it, which is terrible. But in the show, I remember this guy was doing great. He was a prepper. Uh, there was an end of the world scenario. I believe it was an EMP. And he was going along, doing great, using all his preps, all his skills. He had the mindset for survival, which we'll be talking about in a moment. And he uh, was chopping wood and he cut his hand. And he didn't think much of it, but predictably it started to fester. There were no antibiotics. He ended up dying from a very preventable injury. How preventable? Getting a good pair of gloves. And that's why we're excited to have as a new sponsor, TAC Niner. They sell uh, survival supplies and they are especially proud of their gloves. And uh, we have a pair, Shelby and I have a pair, and we like them. Um, Officer uh, Keegan Williams uh, has tried them out too. He's had a limited run with them. I mean, he hasn't like used them for years and years, so I don't want to overstate his thoughts on them, but he likes them. He says they're very comfortable. So go to TAC9ER, T-A-C-N-9-E-R, T -A -C -N -9 -E -R com and use the coupon code TAC9ERP20 and you get 20% off of some really good gloves. You might notice uh, operators often have gloves on or they have gloves clipped onto their kit because it's uh, sort of unprofessional to run around and do important operator stuff without gloves because they're so vital. So that's TAC Niner. And then on a related field is Katie Armor, C-A-T-I, come and take it armor. We think that you and your crew should have an unfair advantage in gunfights, and that would be having body armor. Uh, Katie Armor sells steel body plates for kit. They also sell the, the plate carriers, and these are affordable. They're heavier than the cool guy operator stuff, but unless you're um, hiking at 10,000 feet in Afghanistan, um, you probably don't need the light stuff. Um, th these KD Armor plates are really good for static defense, for manning a, a roadblock or something like that. So that's at KD Armor, C A T I Armor.com. Coupon code is Grant, as in the main character and totally cool guy in the 299 Days book series. Based on me, that's why he's such a cool guy. It is fiction. <laughs> anyway, so go visit our website, prepping2-0.com, friends and affiliates tab, and you'll get the uh, discount code for TAC Niner and also for Katie Armor. So now Shelby has a special message from one of our listeners that's get, get your hankies out because this is going to tear you up. So go ahead, dear. So I love it when we get encouraging messages from our listeners and this is from I want to I'll use his first name his name is Trevor and he sent an email this week saying hello Glenn he didn't include me I'm not going to take it personally but hello Glenn I upped my monthly subscription and he's referring to Patreon to the $10 per month level I really appreciate you and Shelby and all the great shows you do my family and I were praying for you nightly when you were in the hospital with COVID my two oldest kids five-year-old and a three-year-old and one-year-old would, re would remind us at bedtime we had to pray for quote Mr. Glenn and Miss Shelby end quote <laughs> thanks so much for everything and he invites us to come visit him I'm not going to tell him where he lives but he said goes on to say we will continue to pray for the Lord Jesus to bless you both and your family thank you so much Trevor and thanks to your beautiful sweet children who just um, made some of us a hot mess reading that so um any thoughts on that, Glenn? I love it. Mr. Glenn Tate and Miss Shelby. I love it. That is so cool. That just sounds like a kid, doesn't it? So 
we got so many prayers. Um, we've we've talked about that. We won't rehash that, but so many prayers absolutely made the difference. Well, speaking of making a difference, we have a great guest. We have Brian Duff of Mind for Survival. You can tell by the name of his podcast and website, by the way, Mind uh, the Number Four Survival dot com that his focus is on mindset and we were on his show where we talked about mindset and the the will to live basically where i had a, a 180 on my <laughs> acceptance of death and then uh, came off the ventilator and wanted very much to live and the impact of that mindset difference and uh, brian is um, also a military veteran who uh, suffers from ptsd and he's going to talk about that too because that's an important topic that gets swept under the rug uh, especially in our community and so we wanted to welcome mr brian duff of mind for survival thank you sir for coming on thank you man thanks for having me on it's nice to be on here with uh you and uh, shelby there well it's mr glenn tate and miss shelby to you buddy so right <laughs> why don't you uh why don't you tell us about mind for survival and the importance of mindset when it comes to prepping yeah so mind for survival it's a website i started years ago and um somewhere along the line i'm a para was a, i'm a paramedic i still have my cert i don't actively practice anymore and ride on ambulances or anything and uh, I was in the army and did all that stuff. I, I started looking into like, hey, you can learn the skills of things. You can learn physically how to do them. You, and, but the big part that always came out was you have to know how, one, know how you're doing it. And two, have the mindset to make what you know work better. So I'm sorry if my cat's meowing in the background. So um, we've had dogs barking. So yeah, if cats yeah. actually. Yeah, a lot well, you know what? It's, it, it's a mindset thing. I had yeah. two cats. <laughs> Ignore the meowing. Yeah, his sister got put down about a week ago, and now oh. he's not happy. And I think he's a, a couple days out from him going out too. So mm. yeah, he get, he could get some slack. But anyway, I went down the ra uh, rabbit hole of looking into mindset, and what I came away with is mindset is the most important fundamental of everything we do. Of and, and that includes preparedness, but I think it includes life, and um, it's mindset because it's the, the genesis of everything that we do, it, it's, it's how we look at reality, right? Hang on one second, let me go get my cat out of here, sorry. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll fill some dead air, yeah. It was, it was an absolute pleasure being on Brian's show and that is available at mindforsurvival.com and also Patreons got um, a link sent to them through the Patreon app. Another advantage of being a Patreon supporter of Prepping 2.0 is even things that are publicly available, like Brian, like our appearance on Brian's show, episode 123 off the top of my head, is that you get um, a little email and a, and a Patreon app notification of things like that. So you don't have to go and look, it comes right to you. But uh, so you've uh, taken care of the cat. You, we're, we yeah, were using our, our mindset <laughs> skills to just ignore the meowing, but uh, my mindset crumbled. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so um, going back to mindset. So what I came away with is mindset is the starting point of just, it's how we approach everything in life, right? It, it shapes how we make sense of what's going on around us. It shapes like we talked about over on my show motivation, right? It, it's, our mindset is, in, in my mind, it's the most important fundamental of, again, life and preparedness. And I look at the fundamentals of preparedness and it's, it wasn't what I intended at the beginning. I didn't think of this. And later on, it sort of developed as um, where it's the mindset with uh, M4S. So mindset and 4S's, right? So, or M and 4S's. So it's mindset, situational awareness, survival, safety, and self, right? So the foundation of all that again is, is mindset because one of the things that we do with our mindset is we, it's it with how we look at the world. So what I mean by that, it's how we look at reality, right? None of us see reality in the same manner, right? So we're sitting here in this conversation and we have two guys and one lady. So immediately two of us, you know, Shelby's, has a different perspective just naturally from, you know, being a female. Then with us, I'm colorblind as heck. 
I don't know if you are, but odds are you and I see colors differently. Now all three of us see colors differently. So our perspective that we've gained on the world is all 100% unique to us. And it's important to understand when it comes to perspective, what's also unique to us is how we've learned to interpret the world. And that kind of comes along with the human condition. So what we do is we take our human bias that we get from, I'm a white kid who grew up in a uh, mixed Los Angeles neighborhood, mostly Hispanic, mostly white, a few Asian and a few black, right? I have friends that grew up, you know, in complete different parts of the world, you know, and in different countries. So every one of us has a unique perspective. And the, the reason that our perspective is important is because when we understand that we all have bias based upon our cultural upbringing, where we are, you know, just everything that we have, that bias in turn is where we deviate from what truly is reality. So getting back to us seeing all seeing colors differently and everything, if we put a vase in the middle of the room that has some colors on it, different things, we're all going to see and interpret that differently or differently. Right. So as we go throughout life, those differences compound. And I believe that when we get to the point of trying to motivate ourselves, when we get to the point of being personally honest with ourselves, because that's what we have to do if we're going to be as prepared as possible. Right. We, we have to be personally honest with ourselves. If, if we're not, we skew our preparedness, like our preparedness. We're not as prepared as we could be, because if, if we don't say, hey, you know what? I'm a 53 year old guy that's out of shape with PTSD and I'm trying to be prepared. What can I do to be better prepared? Like like I have to be honest enough to know that I'm 53. I get hurt easier. I, I, I'm, I have old injuries that are bothering me that I'm not in the shape that I was when I was 21. So my going into it, like, how do I plan my preparedness now? Well, if I'm personally honest, I can make those adjustments. So that way um, I am as effective in my preparedness as I possibly can be for my age. Again, so it's, it's, you know, how do I look at a situation? Do I look at somebody and judge them you know, based upon what I see physically, you know, do I have bias towards somebody or can I say, Hey, rather than judge this person, I'm going to be empathetic with this person. I may not agree with why they feel the way they do, but I'm going to be empathetic to go back and look at this person and look at the world through their eyes, because then I can see what I think is nonsense or maybe what's reality. I go, that makes sense. And then I can use that to further refine my decision. So Mindset takes care of everything from, it really involves in how we see the world, right? And that, again, that's the start of our preparedness, you know? And so it, because of that, it, dis, it establishes the foundation of all the awareness that we have. It establishes the, make, the foundation of all the decision-making we, we have, right? If, our, if, we, if, we know what our, if we know we have bias in our awareness and we can reduce that bias to get us closer to reality, the decision-making that we have as a result of that becomes that much better, that much more effective, that much more refined. Right. So um, it, because of that, it's mindset controls how effective we are at addressing the situations we encounter in life. And that's what we're as preppers, right. What we're doing, we want to be super effective in addressing the situations we encounter in life. Hey, I believe part of preparedness that people, we, we, we focus on the bad, but being a prepper, you're also there to, capitalize on the opportunities that come our way. So if we can capitalize on the opportunities and work to minimize the negative situations, that's really what we're doing with our mindset. And so it's our ability to recognize, you know, understand and as much as possible in order to make our mindset the most effective is to, is to understand and recognize and uh, as much as possible control the human condition, right? We all have our bias. We all have those problems. So it's kind of like trying to look at our negatives and figure out which of our negatives are truly like, hey, that's not beneficial for me and tossing it. So that way we can focus on, again, seizing the opportunities, capitalizing um, on uh, and, and minimizing the negatives. Does that all make sense? That's awesome. It sure does. And I'm going to ask you a big question, but yeah. first, Shelby's going to mention some of our outstanding sponsors. 
And I appreciate that because I know the question you're going to ask and I want to give Brian all the time in the world and not interrupt him at all. So I always want to um, give a shout out and, and draw attention to our awesome sponsors. You can find them at prepping2-0.com under friends and affiliates. U.S. Law Shield, great uh, legal insurance. Um, program for you and if you find yourself in a position where you need to defend yourself legally after you've defended your your body and your family from an attack um, there's generally a legal battle after that and they'll help you out with that um, Jared Savick and Lizzie McDaniel are both awesome realtors we've talked about them we've talked about them previously you can always find them at redstate-realtors.com again you can find that link on our website if you're looking to move to a red state, those are those are two great states to consider. Backwoods Home Magazine, great repository of quarterly information on homesteading and prepping and skills and just getting to where you want to be as a prepper. My Kind CBD, great product that we have really enjoyed here in the Tate Gallagher household. Um, aches and pains and uh, chemo recovery. And they're one of the best, they are the best, we think, CBD product out there. I encourage you to check them out as well. Numana Foods, if you're interested in really getting your preps in order and getting your deep storage of food in order, check them out. They deal in bulk freeze-dried food and you can get prepped real quick with them. Minutemen Coffee, love them. I'm sipping on it right now, as everyone um, who can see me knows. Um, I drink a lot of them every day. They are the exclusive roasters of I Miss America Coffee. Um, unabashedly pro-Constitution, pro-America folks over there, love them, encourage you to check them out. EMP Shield, they've developed a product that will help you protect your devices in your home or your vehicle from a coronal mass ejection or a, an EMP. Great, scientifically tested stuff. It's basically a huge surge protector that works Three trillionths of a second is when yeah. it kicks in. Amazing. Check them all out at prepping2-0.com, friends and affiliates. Well, now it's time for a big question for Brian, and that is, what role does normalcy bias have when it comes to mindset? Obviously, you know our thoughts on it, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it too. Yeah, I think uh, normalcy bias has any bias, right? Anytime a bias comes in, right, our beliefs are basically the, the difference between our beliefs and true reality are our perceptions, right? So bias is a perception. So normalcy bias gets in and I believe it really kind of, it, it sets the tone for us to discount what we it is truly happening around us, right? We see what's happening. We look at the facts and at the end, because we all, because we all, again, we all see reality and we may see it slightly differently, but we all look at the facts of what we see and people with normalcy bias say, I'm going to ignore all those facts and I'm just going to plow ahead and just keep ignoring the facts, ignoring the facts. Now, hopefully at some point they, they come, you know, they, they recognize because one of the things that I try to do is I always try to not that I, I don't look down on myself and say that like, you're always wrong, but I always try to prove myself wrong, right? It's what we've lost in this whole, you know, follow the science stuff. Right? Science, the, the, the scientific method is about proving science wrong because if you can't prove it wrong, it must be right. So if, if I look at my beliefs and, and how I'm viewing a situation, you know, are we moving closer to 299 days happening? And I say, no, and I keep saying no. And then, but things keep happening that like everything that's in your book or in that mindset we have as preppers, like, oh, this is the kind of stuff that happens. Whenever that happens, you, you know, you have to question like, wow, it's still happening. And I still don't believe the same thing. Maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, what's the result of, okay, I'm, I know I'm wrong. So maybe that means that what everybody else is saying is right. I think we constantly have to look at that. I think it's what a lot of us did with the pandemic. You know, we initially it's like, hey, there's something coming and not that we agreed with lockdowns or any of this kind of stuff necessarily, but we sat back and we said, let me see what this thing that I can't see or do may do. Right. And so I think what you see now, now that it's in Omicron and people aren't that sick, it's a lot of people are like, OK, I am I, I, I don't have this, you know, I, I am 
believing now the facts that I'm seeing, I'm no longer just kind of pushing this aside at some point. Some people maybe believe that at the beginning, but we've all come to that. So normalcy bias, in my opinion, is someone that is ignoring the facts. Exactly. And fear is another thing that plays into this. When you were talking about basically making calculated objective decisions based on information you have, we all have fear and some of us can control it better than others. I must say that my recent health experience um, helped me a little bit control fear because I came out on the other end. It was, it was that simple. And so the, the scenario I foresee happening in a lot of prepping households happening to a lot of people listening to this show is that they let their fear get the best of them. There's a rumor, by the way, rumors are just going to be crazy prevalent and completely off the hook in a, in a collapse situation. Um, it happens in every society, human beings being the wired, wired the way they are, uh, the rumors. And there's a rumor that there's a motorcycle gang really, really close and they're doing horrible stuff. And if you don't see any evidence of it, you're not critically thinking, it could lead you to make some bad decisions. Maybe you pack up what little you can carry with yourself and you go to some other place fearing the motorcycle gang when in fact it was just a crazy rumor. And I think that sleep deprivation and hunger has a factor in all of this. And you're going to have fear-based decisions. And that is another mindset thing to attempt to control now and we have about two minutes before the break it's very cruel what we do when we uh come up with a big topic a big juicy thing and then say we have about two minutes but brian you can get started on this and then when we come back from the break you can uh, finish off this big topic because fear is a liar that's a that's a great meme or something on facebook but i remembered it when i was going through my ventilator situation and i had to keep telling myself fear is a liar and so just describe or start to describe <laughs> darn these hard breaks well um, you 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 hit one thing on the head or two you, both what your things are right on on the money one thing you said that that we can get out of here before the break is sleep deprivation so i include sleep deprivation i i've changed the whole survival rule of threes i call it the survival pyramid sleep deprivation is right there with water at 72 hours without sleep, you may be hallucinating. A lot of things may be going on. And if you're hallucinating and it's a bad situation that's happening, that means you're not making very good decisions because what you're making decisions on may not really be happening in front of you. So that's super important. And then when we get back, if you want, we can talk about the fear. And I'll just add a little bit about sleep deprivation. Um, we have Brian on video. This is an audio only recording and he has a hat on with a, uh, a, an inverted diamond with a number three on it, which means the third Ranger battalion, which means Brian has experienced sleep deprivation <laughs> up close and personal, uh, both in Ranger school and being deployed. So he is an expert on sleep deprivation. And when we come back, from this short break, we will pick up with fear is a liar and how that affects mindset. So stick around, everybody. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. You are only as safe as your gear. Rely on TAC Niner, premium tactical survival gear. Tac Niner, spelled T-A-C, the digit nine, E-R.com. Tactical gloves, lights, poles, trenching, and more. See the full line at TacNiner.com. Gear up and save money when you mention Glenn and Shelby. Use the code TACNINERP20 at checkout and save 20% on tactical gloves. Tac Niner, premium, high-performance survival gear that is built to last. 
PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love new mana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. <laughs> coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Old, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. So there is a reason why... Sleep deprivation is used as a torture tactic. I think that's, uh, we've all seen it. We've all heard about it. Um, I remember watching, yes, yeah. POWs um, are very uh, experienced in this and that's why you had training in it. So on that happy note, Brian, continue your thoughts on this uh, topic. Yeah, so on sleep deprivation, and, and just to be clear, I am not a Ranger School graduate. I got hurt in Ranger School, but I spent about almost four years in Ranger Battalion. And in those four years, we did a lot of sleep deprivation, so much so that I drove home from work one day or dro- drove home off post uh, in the morning after we'd been out. And I f- didn't realize it, but I, I fell asleep and immediately started basically dreaming that I was driving on the highway when I was, in fact, driving down the side of the emergency lane, hitting all the reflector poles as I was going. All right. So, again, that was about was about. I think I was on four days without sleep right then, right? So again, sleep deprivation, huge for preparedness. And you mentioned fear. Fear is super important to know about because at the end of the day, and this, this gets into the whole PTSD thing. At the, at the end of the day, what fear really is, is a manifestation of our subconscious mind's desire to protect us. 
right? So what happens when fear happens is our, our emotional brain, our amygdala down at the bottom of our brain, there's three parts of our brain that we need to think about for this. The amygdala at the bottom of our brain, the prefrontal cortex up at the front of their brain, and the neural pathways, the, the brain pathways that go in between. The prefrontal cortex is where rational thought happens. The amygdala, the, the lizard brain down at the base of our head is where our emotional responses happen. So what happens is when our subconscious says, hey, we want you to do something because we're scared that if you don't do this, you may die. It juices us with, with fear. That fear is an uncom uncomfortable sensation. If you think about going to, I, I don't watch horror movies. I've never been able to watch horror movies because you know that, that either in the suspense or the horror movie, when you actually get scared and you have that fear jolt, when people watch a horror movie and you get that fear jolt, don't think of it as this, the emotion that, ah, that's like what comes out of it. What gets you to do that is a sensation that your subconscious sends to you. And it's usually like an electric, electrical sense, like it feels like it's electricity and not good electricity. That's why we scream like, ah, right. So what we have to understand about fear is that's the manifestation of our of our mind's desire to protect ourselves and what it does when it engages the emotion, the, the, the fear response down in the, uh, down in our amygdala and our lizard brain is it elicits a sympathetic reaction and the sympathetic reaction and the sympathetic nervous system is responsible for fee, freeze flight or fight. Right. And so when the Tron, the T-Rex came over the hill, it didn't want us humans trying to like, well, is that a really big T-Rex, a smaller T-Rex? Is it a nice T-Rex? No, it just wanted us running or fighting it or basically the, the, the uh, freeze is trying to hide, right? If we, we track motion, predators track motion. If you're stopped, it, you don't have any motion. So it's a, it's a defense mechanism. So that's what's happening when we have fear. Now we may not be frozen or we may not take off and running, but there's a, there's a spectrum of responses that we have to that, that fear initiation. So um, it's important to understand when we have these fear responses, when if, if rather than just necessarily, if you have to react because it's a situation, yeah. But a lot of times when we have them, when we're thinking about things, when we're thinking about what's the government doing, what's the pandemic doing, what's the people around me doing, and we have those fear responses, understand that that immediately means when it's a fear response and we feel nervous and we're reacting out of something, that's an emotional response. It's not a rational response necessarily. So if we look going back to mindset and we go, hey, I'm having this response, I'm really activated. Like I, I, I'm really worked up, I'm, I'm ticked off, I'm ranting, you know, whatever. I, that, that person almost cut me off in traffic. And then we say, oh, wait, I'm having this big response. Is that response truly warranted to the situation? And if you do that, you help take emotion out of your response and you get, and remember, emotion is, fills right in with bias. It increases our, it, it deviates our perspective and our beliefs off of true reality. So when we have that fear, understand that fear, fear is driving us because it's an emotional response. And the crazy thing when it comes to PTSD, and I spent, I was a contractor. I did Blackwater and Dyncor and all these different companies. I spent probably about 11 years overseas, right? So when it comes to PTSD, what's PTSD doing? It's trying to protect people, right? When you see, when you hear like, hey, PTSD people are hypervigilant or they have things. And first of all, to go back, there's estimates, what the military's looked into is about 10 to 20% range goes of people that are in combat end up coming out with PTSD. I look at it as it's not just combat. It's we're all exposed to trauma, a car wreck, having to go on a ventilator, right? Having to watch your husband go on a ventilator and deal with it for weeks. That's all traumatic experiences, right? So knowing that every one of those experiences is traumatic. If we look across our society, 10 to 20% of the people have traumatic experiences. And we've never dealt with PTSD well. It's like just now they're starting to figure it out a little bit. And 
if we looked at a traumatic situation can lead to more traumatic situations, a person that's really traumatized does stuff in a certain way that traumatizes people around them. Some of the biggest people that suffer the most from PTSD are not the people with PTSD, but the family and friends that are around the people with PTSD. And when I say I had PTSD, I went, I went away for six weeks up to Utah to inpatient because I was close to blowing my head off. So, um, understanding that through with, with that, we all may be exposed to trauma, that we all may have PTSD of some sort, that we all have this stuff going on. If we have a good mindset, if we want to work on our mindset, we want to improve our ability to be better preppers and our ability to deal with life. Because what, what are we preparing for? We're preparing for really bad times. You Traumatic guys just, times. Yeah. Full of so trauma. If we understand that we're going, we're preparing for it and we may be going into it. And if we're in it, if we understand that our brain is going to react in certain ways based upon the human condition, that our biases based upon the stress that we have in our lives, based upon the traumatic experience we've had, everything, we can then go and look for those things. If we're truly honest and say, yeah, you know what? I have PTSD. It's not it's a big deal and it can, you can work and make it better. Right. And start going down that road. Don't, you know, when we talk about the suicide prevention with people with PTSD, when you're in the moment, it, it doesn't seem like there's any other thing, but if you're out there and you have PTSD and you're in that moment, understand that all it takes is reaching out to get help. There's organizations and people out there to help you and it can and will get better. Does it, get easier right away. No, it's hard to get better because truly to go, you got to go in there and work on your stuff. But that's the same thing. If we're in an SHTF event, we're in a 299 days event, or we're at this end of this pandemic, we all have experiences and stuff that are going on. And we need, I think in order to make sure that we, in these crazy times that we make the best decisions possible, that we all have the mindset to look at like, am I ticked off? Am I traumatized? Do I have anything that is moving my beliefs and my, and how I see the world and how I'm responding to the world farther off that objective reality line? How can I get it closer? Cause right now it's really hard to interpret all the information we're getting out there. We, I mean, we pretty much know whatever's coming out of, I feel, I'm not going to speak for you all, but I, 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 but I feel everything coming out of the white house and, and everything coming out of DC and mainstream media is just straight up propaganda lies right now. And so I go, okay, so I, you know, you know, that's going on. Is it get me angry? Yeah. But I have to pull that anger back in. I have to say, no, I'm, I am getting angry, which makes me less effective in my decision-making process. Cause the more angry you are, the more an emotional mind you go instead of your rational brain. So I have to find ways to say, you know what? I see the media doing this. I see the white house doing it. And yes, it's very personal for every one of us, but I'm not going to let myself take it personal. Because then I'm making, I'm more aware, I'm making better decisions because every time we get emotion involved, sympathetic nervous system moves us farther off in our perspective away from reality. So, Well, and a, a couple things that listening to you made me think of, and that is working on mindset is free. Mm -hmm. There's, there's, you don't have to buy stuff. You don't even have to enroll in a free course. It's working on it in advance. And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think that for those of us without PTSD, if we start thinking about it and understanding it and listening to what Brian Duff has to say, I think we're going to be somewhat inoculated uh, when we then have these traumatic experiences that we're all going to have when this stuff really kicks off. And uh, do, you, do you agree that there's an inoculation effect if people... Uh, that are that are not traumatized start understanding it and then they're going to be able to possibly deal with it better it's it's coming we're going to see people die and it's going to be horrible um, so what do you think about my inoculation theory that i just made up i think that people constantly need to work to make sure that what they are that their beliefs are in alignment with what they're, what's truly happening, right? Because the difference again in that is perspective. 
right? The difference in that is our bias and our human condition. And that bias may be justified sometimes, but I think we always need to challenge ourselves to, to try, especially now, because again, this, the information right now is, is key. Like, it, you know, you, you all just did it. You moved from a blue to red state. Well, if you are in our camp on things, probably think about moving out of blue states. I mean, there's a realignment happening. And is that maybe over the top for some people? Sure. But it's over the top until it isn't. You know, if you aren't thinking at least of the, the mindset of, you know, you had it really good in, in 299 days. Yeah, it, it was fiction. The, <laughs> well, and, and the one thing that, that I, I think you captured really well was on, on both sides of the fence, the level to commit violence and, and to wage basically, you know, some sort of asymmetric warfare. You know, the, the scary part about our, our country comes back to the Japanese didn't want to defend because we had the Second Amendment. And now you, we've spent 20 years sending people overseas to war, and they're just throughout all of our society now. So those abilities, the ability of both sides, if this thing comes to fruition, to commit violence and just make this, in, this situation completely insane, is insane is just nuts i mean and so if people aren't thinking that that is a possible outcome maybe it won't i hope it doesn't come to pass right truly hope it doesn't come to pass but if you're not planning that hey you may get to the point where you know i, I saw it in iraq and all the years i spent over in iraq and in different places if you get to the point where going to the store going to the supermarket becomes a life and death decision i don't mean like today where we have high crime I mean, like there are suicide bombers that are just blowing themselves. We, I used to walk to the chow hall in Baghdad. You'd hear the bombs just blowing up V-bits and stuff throughout. Just go to, go to breakfast and you'd hear three, four or five V-bits rip through town. Well, there's 100, 200 people that have been vaporized. So how do you go to the supermarket? How do you go to work? You know, like maybe you need, you know, that's where prepper food supplies come in hand. Hey, I have this food supply. I don't have to go out to the store if times get rough. So, it, you know, and, and people listening to this, I think your audience probably agrees with us more than, more than not. But if, if you think that this is crazy, at least consider the possibility. Consider the fact that maybe your bias, your normalcy bias is getting in the way of looking at this right now. One of the other uh, features of conquering fear. And this would be like the, the master's degree level of conquering fear. So this is after you've conquered fear, which is a big, a big step. I mean, I would be happy if all our listeners were just able to conquer fear. And by conquer, I don't mean eradicate. I mean, manage. I think that's a better word. Manage that's the better fear. term. Yep. Yeah. Is that if you are able to manage fear, you will become a leader, people will look to you. People crave that, and I'll say guy, could be a woman, but it's typically a guy who is unfazed by all the things that are going on. And, and that could be an effective survival uh, skill. Is I, I think of, uh, if people are familiar with Apocalypse Now, Lieutenant Colonel Kilgore on the beach when he's surfing, uh, because that's what he decided to go and take a town in order to do. There are, there are uh, small arms fire going on. I mean, impacting the beach all around him. There's mortar rounds going off. He's completely unfazed. He's, he's not even interrupted. Um, and I don't think that's a likely uh, quality. I don't think that that's very common. But the men around him were drawn to him because he had managed fear. And so that's why I say it's a graduate level idea, but it is something to consider. It's maybe a, a, an incentive in, in to be the best leader you can possibly be. Understand that your management of fear affects other people. Maybe that's the best way to say it. Well, and when you truly, and I'm not saying that I, you know, I manage fear well or whether I can or not, but what I do know is, when it comes to PTSD, and the, and the reason I've gone so far down the rabbit hole on this mindset, I've expanded it a bunch lately, is because I've been searching for ways to manage my PTSD. And when I say manage my PTSD, it's not that I get fired up. I can still get a little ticked off in driving. You know, I grew up in Los Angeles, so I got, I got driving anger issues. <laughs> and at the same time, what, what PTSD is, 
is your body, your mind or your mind is seeing like all these threats everywhere. And it's not necessarily a threat. It's, it, it's, Hey, you know what? If, if for like guys in Iraq, I live, I live in Las Vegas and I go out to the desert and boom, there's one thing that reminds me of Iraq. If it's hot and it's summertime, there's two things. I'm two steps down the pathway to being, to having this memory that's in my mind, you know, and maybe that, maybe that's getting a mortar attack on, on a certain day. And the smell was in a certain way. Well, your mind, our subconscious, what it understands or, or, or amygdala or lizard brain, how it understands things. It doesn't understand time and place. It understands what we can take in through our senses. So when it starts adding, compounding more and more of these things that get back to this memory, because what our PTSD is truly is, is unprocessed memories, right? And so the closer it gets to hitting that little file box where that memory stored, your, your subconscious starts getting scared and it kicks in that fear. And then what it does is it injects it into your body like energy. And remember I talked about being scared in a movie theater, like watching a horror film, it's the, the, ah, is the response, the scream that we have and the physical, like where our arms move and come up and cover our face is the physical response to this electric jolt. We get this uneasy feeling we get from fear. So as PTSD, what I've learned to manage is I get that all the time, right? So like all day long, my, my brain's thinking something's going on. It, it gooses me. So like right now talking, I have electricity running all through my chest. And so what I've learned is to kind of to separate myself better, not separate myself from my emotions, truly embrace my emotions, but step back from them. And it, I'm able to calm myself much better than I ever was in all the years of doing crazy stuff that I did. So the cool thing, when you start learning to manage fear and manage your emotions, not you don't shut them off. They're there. They're a good thing. They're trying to protect us. The more you get in touch with it, the more you get in touch with your subconscious. Our subconscious goes 24 7, 365. When we're asleep, our subconscious is protecting us. And it sends us these signals the uneasy feeling in your gut, the electricity that I feel, whatever that case may be, uh, a, a sharp pain in your back, a sharp pain in your chest, right? It, it's our subconscious sending us. So, in a, in a crazy way, that fear is literally a good thing. It it's, means our subconscious is, is firing. And if we can learn to separate, the reality to go, Hey, this is a re legitimate fear response. Like something bad's happening. Let me do what I need to do from the something not bad is happening. We can help other people manage their fear. And that's when it gets really good because the more people that can manage their fear, the more people that understand what's going on, the better those SHTF events and possibly what this future may be coming with us at. That was kind of a question. You kind of just answered it, but feel free to expand on it. I have, felt and sensed and wondered as we're kind of going through this season of political unrest and instability um, many of us have had um, brushes with covid whether it be like us or others where they've lost family members lost close friends and it's traumatizing mm -hmm. i feel like this is and this isn't any big deal i mean it, when you think about the tragedies and history this is nothing but i feel like these times right now are preparing us for something coming what do you think about that brian and we have about oh five minutes oh cool yeah i think you're i think you're right well i i think every challenge in our life everything we go through in life so our our consciousness the human consciousness that we have works inside it, 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 in a study called neurophenomenology, it's a philosophy kind of thing. And it's, is happens within our horizon of lived experience. In other words, we all have a bubble of lived experience around us, right? We all have different experiences. It gets back to perspective. We all have different experiences. We've all, we could be in the same room viewing a vase and we see it from different angles. So the, the experiences we have in life are all different, but everything that we know that we base our decisions on and remember mindset and everything that we know and all this stuff and our perspective is important because when we go into situational awareness, right? It's the, the situational awareness, everybody, a lot of people think it's the OODA loop, but it's the first two phases of the OODA loop, observe and orient, right? And the OODA loop is a decision-making process that John Boyd came up with. So when you observe something and we bring it in and we orient ourselves to it, that's when we're deciding, that's when we're putting our bias and our perspective on this information we're taking in through our senses and our subconscious. That's what feeds our decision-making process, right? We make a decision and then we take an action upon that decision. 
So I, I, th- I think it's it all with what's happening right now is that we're able to one, because like you mentioned, everybody's gone through trauma. I mean, I don't, one of the weird things about being overseas and when you come home and my, at least for me was, it's hard to talk to people that weren't overseas because they don't have that same. It's not that they don't try to understand. It's the same emotional connection with, you know, it's like a guy is never going to understand what it's like for a woman to go through a pregnancy. Like you just, there, there's, it just doesn't, doesn't happen. So I think that I, I just lost track, my track of thought. I do this with my PTSD. That's okay. It's the, you were going, talking about, um, it's hard to have these shared experiences, but we've, I think you were starting out to say, we're, we're in this weird time right now where we're all having this COVID yes. experience. And does so, that help you there? Yeah. So you, you had mentioned like, you know, how's this all preparing us, I guess. And so what it is, is I don't know at any time since I, I came back from overseas, I came home in uh, 2015 and I, I left in 2004. So I get back home from overseas where I'm home full time and having these conversations with people like they, they just they can't relate because emotionally they don't understand. Now, I feel like a lot of people kind of understand what it's like to be in a constant because what's truly, yeah, things aren't blowing up and all that. But what's happening? There's constant trauma going on. Right. So I think it's prepared people in that mindset. Um, and. I, I think it's hopefully making people that, you know, Glenn mentioned normalcy bias, or we talked about a little bit that it's moving people that would normally be now, this isn't happening. It's a, yes, this might be happening. I mean, you look across the spectrum of people that are complaining about and shouting about what's going on. You got far right conservatives and far left. You got Jimmy doors, total progressives, Joe Rogan. Everybody's saying this guy's conservative. No, Joe Rogan's not conservative. Not one bit. He likes hunting. That's about as conservative as it gets with that guy. Right. So, so understanding that that's kind of where we're, what we're moving into right now, that hopefully some of this stuff is helping people wake up and see what's going on. I think that is happening. Oh yeah. Go ahead. You have a, you were going to say. Oh, and just a concrete example of that. The first time people saw empty store shelves was the first time people had seen empty store shelves. And now it's no longer crazy to say, you know, there might be empty store shelves. I think that's an example of what you're talking about. And it, it, right. it affects normalcy bias. It lowers the baseline of normalcy bias. And now mm-hmm. things that used to be abnormal are now normal. And that's actually a good thing. We're getting seasoned to uh, disruptions in our formerly uh, very comfortable lives. Well, and if I can add to that too, and we're learning how to manage when we see empty store shelves, the average person I would say is learning how to manage it. Like, and this, and I realize this is an analogy to what we're talking about, learning how to manage it and work around it and find workarounds instead of, you know, standing there clutching our pearls. Oh my gosh, the store shelves are empty. So I just, I, yeah, thank you so much, Brian. And we only have a few seconds here. So we're going to take this into the after show and continue the conversation. But like I always like to leave everyone with the wonderful quote from Benjamin Franklin, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Everyone have a great week. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.